2: how are we all oh fine um oh fine oh fine just you know fighting with the i just can't stop the rage is everywhere i'm i'm on a knife edge of i'm literally going to knife somebody in the i'm out looking for fights everywhere
3: yeah Are they just guys they're doing just the oh like they're just i'm on the tip of fighting with anyone over anything and like there's just multiple hills that i'm willing yeah. to die on it's like i've reached the kind of level of Aggressive and aggression and like no fuckery that you'd aspire to be when you're like eighty, but I'm only thirty, so it's definitely um premature. <laughs> you know, but like, it's, I, I keep
2: stopping myself doing, you know, the fight thing where you you stick your neck. Like, what the fuck are you looking at? Like that <laughs> neck, just that chicken. Like that's my my move.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like headbutt. <laughs> I'm just I am held together by blue tack and. Bit and dried vomit at this point so um you're I'm, fragile i'm just yeah i'm just over just cowering somewhere <laughs> yeah, I know. It's this, just like, and it's a horrible
2: to hear that people have rage when you're in such a fragile state because you're like oh, i could be broken so easily now
0: yeah i know <laughs> yeah it's my own breasts conspiring against me as well God damn it oh you're fucked every way you are fucked every which way um, it's really weird when you learn that your breasts are actually. Do you know the way in like Mean Girls, your ones' tits could tell not when it was going to rain, but just when it was raining? <laughs> yes. There's a 30% chance I'm like, it's god. already raining. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, my breasts are like really like driving this thing way more than I ever gave them any credit for. It. They're literally just. Like yeah they're in charge my brain yeah they're completely in charge yeah
2: and um, that was that was strange. a very relatable experience I was completely at the mercy yeah. <clears throat> I was just a, a brain in in a jar on a forklift <laughs> being operated by my two separate tits one of the tits <laughs> in the steering wheel and the other at the gearbox
0: do you know I came the closest I've ever come to purchasing IRL? And not take a break, not chat, Mag. But that's life. Never oh, heard of it. Yeah, it's Cassie, of, of course. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's
3: not. A, it's not a bad one. I don't like. I just don't like the aesthetic of it. I don't like the layout of it. I feel like the paper quality is slightly subpar. Feels a bit mm. cheaper than chat. Mag. Subpar than the rest of them. Yeah, they've got subpar. that like kind of. They're like, like on.
2: On, do you know what it feels like they're, they're on toilet paper printed laminated in cling film
3: that's, yeah. yeah but then but like but that's, even that's life than really. is, is it without the lamination it's just really <laughs> flimsy
2: just uh, yeah. it's so, like
0: <laughs> just rubbing away page, the text yeah, with just, a clammy hand forget about it yeah. the whole thing's come apart <laughs> um, <it's, laughs> but they had some just the, the calling this magazine that's life just real audacity there like that's life and the collection of headlines are just like oh my god I know I keep meaning to post apocalyptic life
3: do you know what the sad thing is about this whole world that we live in now is like when you're in the queue and you're about to pay and you get just to the till because you've, you've probably you've queued to get into the shop you've kept your social distancing around the shop followed the little signs on the path you've put up with all the pressure that people are putting on you to do your shopping fucking quickly and you're in the queue and you see the magazine at a distance, you can't just nip out of the queue and jump right back in because the minute you leave that queue, you're in the whole system, the one way system mm. all over again. So keep like I longing didn't... for things just as I'm at the till. And I'm like, oh. yeah, Did you the buy nip any
0: chance? away is completely over. Gone. Have you guys
2: visited Okay, Tesco, but the food it seems to be like free for all. You can go wherever you want. They've done away with the stickers up, uh, you know, until you get in. And then it's up to your own devices unless you need clothing. So then you're in this sort of like spider web of, you know, caution tape in sort of a one way system. I don't know. The it's the worst design. It's hysterically funny because it's so stupid. Um, but it's just, you know, it's that's our lives now. And for the time...
3: I know I was such a thrill B. to go to Dunn's stores in, in Stephen's Green on Friday, Saturday, Friday I went. Like, oh my God, it was so exciting. Myself, Lydia, and Alexandra went. And we all queued separately and split up the minute we got into the shop. But I got a new dress, a new That's jumper. Not essential. But they were open. And I was like, it was like being in Brown Thomas because you're like, I want everything. Everything is so beautiful. I've never seen something so stunning in my entire life. I have the <laughs> option to buy things again. Beautiful in the summer dress.
0: I cannot believe that. Yeah. That's mad. Yeah.
3: Well all the lot of the stores clothing sections have still been open. Yeah, it's been yeah. hard for
2: them to do and because I think the underwear socks section is considered essential. Which is correct. But so are sort of children's clothes essential as well. And then you're sort of like, well, aren't all clothes kind of essential when you mine, think about
0: it? Mine are becoming less relevant by the day. Oh, well, that's I've, true. I'm finding. But like, when, when I'm, you,
2: have you started to burn through the arse of all of your um, tracksuit bottoms yet? That's an interesting one. I'm when just you're like
0: wearing new pajamas. That's kind of what I'm just changing from pyjama
2: to pyjama pretty much perfect pretty much i like the kind of the large neck area so that means you can sort of at a distance take a running jump into the item of clothing do you know (laughs) what i mean it's just like a tube you're like
0: are you talking about my large neck area yeah yeah this is boob access gotcha yeah everything's about that now yeah same same. (laughs) Um, (laughs) well what do we have
2: i just had a visual of cats breastfeeding a couple of cats
0: I'm gonna. Um, if I was
2: a drawer, that would be something I'd draw for you. What I have got for you this week is the thing that I have had for you the last six weeks. It's wow. my cryogenic story.
0: We can we do? I'm gonna put the gen into cryogenics. Uh,
3: we we have to talk about the creeps of the week.
0: Who be them? I mean, how would we even begin to pick? Who the creep of the
3: week
2: is. It's just well, too overwhelming. I just can't. Just... I
3: know. It's like the whole world is the creep the of the week. The whole world. But um, guys, the YouTubers that rehomed their son. <sighs> feel actually
2: physically ill with this one. I thought it is the it's worst, one of the worst things I've ever heard.
3: One of the worst things I've ever heard. If not the worst story I have ever heard. Um, a YouTube-influenced family... Micah Staffer is the mother, and she um she has a channel, then her husband has like a channel called like Stafford Garage or something. Um her husband James. Uh her so Micah's channel has seven hundred and seventeen thousand subscribers, um, and then they have a joint channel the Stafford life which is the two of them coming together but also his channel which i think is like some sort of garagey diy channel has like nearly a million subscribers on it so these people are big on youtube by like you know any sort of standard they come together on the Stafford life and they blog vlog about their families they had had family
2: family people attract like lifer sort of fan type people who and you know that are sort of, their very focused people that are watching and subscribing and, you know, it's a different very sort of invested a, audience, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it seems to be a different level than just your right. I can't
0: even watch it. It gives me so much anxiety. Family. Someone else's family? Yes. I know, yeah. It's, it just creeps me out so intensely. I'm just
3: really not into it. Um, but they adopted a little boy... China a couple of years ago, uh, two years ago and at the time of the adoption, they were told that the boy had a brain tumor and they were like, Oh no, we're still going to go ahead with the adoption or whatever. And then they were seeking medical advice prior to the adoption and a doctor, an American doctor looked at the boy's records and was like, no, this, this child has very high level needs. Um, He was diagnosed with autism and he was they were told specifically that he would likely live with them forever, uh, probably never speak, and that would have like a really high level of um, care needed throughout his his entire life. And in a video prior to the adoption talking because they vlogged the whole thing. um, Micah basically said that this doctor had given them that advice and her exact words are it went in one ear and out the other because he is our son and we there, we wouldn't give him up for anything. He's part of our family. He's he's our son. now. That video is still on our channel. Like she still has all of these things prior to um from prior to the adoption. So throughout the last few years, their son, I'm not going to name him because uh, he's obviously been rehomed. And I think that uh, media organisations that have named him and shown photographs, and should probably, you know, reconsider that so that he has a right to privacy as he grows up. But they um, they vlogged their experiences with him. They vlogged um, kind of the highs and some of the lows, and basically said, "Look, he's you know, it's difficult. He does this, whatever." But like, really, you know, made it um, made out that it all was exceptional. Blah way that They earned a lot of money off their channels and off their vlogs. They got a lot of sponsorship deals. Uh, They particularly got a lot of followers because of the adoption, because they're American family and because they were adopting from China. They had a lot of people who were interested in the process and how it was. So over the past couple of months, people have noticed that uh, something was weird because she hadn't been posting about the child. She hadn't been po- she has four other children but she hadn't been posting specifically about the son from from uh China and they were kind of forced to um make a video. So earlier on this year on Mother's Day Micah had begged to be posted that it had been the worst, hardest Mother's Day she's ever had. Uh and people were were asking like well where is you know where is your son? What's the uh what's the story there? And they started they had deleted videos and deleted previous posts about him as well. Fucking stupid. Uh, and so they made a video this week called "An Update on Our Family," and in it, Micah and James tearfully revealed that they had rehomed their son. How long had they had him, Cass? Two years. Two years. Oh
2: my God.
3: Um. So basically, they, they kind of in the video, they're like, we had to rehome him because his needs were greater than we had anticipated. And it's common practice with Chinese adoptions that they hide medical history. And now it is true that the the, the source of where they were adopting him from hadn't, hadn't divulged the extents, you know, how extensive his needs were. But an independent doctor had told them and they had documented that they had known that it was going to be very very difficult um so yeah they they rehomed him and in the video basically said that like they had to uh find new the new place for for the son to live and that he was on board with it that he had signed and suggested that you know he he had wanted this as well something oh, for like you know um what, suggesting that he might have asked to be rehomed? or That he was, like, completely on par with it and it was, like, the hardest thing that they've ever had to do. But they also, at the same time, um, I think, are only they're only addressing it now, but it might have happened previously. But they're basically, people have pointed out that they had purchased a, a massive new house. They had a holiday together in Bali. That they're basically just, like, responding in this way because... They've been forced to by their viewers or whatever. Um, but Yeah, it's called. Because didn't
2: it turn out? So they made this video. But how how long before that had he actually been? Re- the, yeah, I think their... that's
3: it. There's some. There's some like. I think it's been a couple of months. Um, and they had been making content during that time. Yeah, but ignoring intro. ignoring his um, his just the fact that he's ignoring gone. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so what the fuck were they thinking so So, bad they also they're latter-day saints are they isn't that
2: the the religion they are i didn't go
3: that deep into it i watched a lot of the drama channel videos on it people have gone (laughs) deep on like on even stuff like um comments they were leaving in forums (laughs) prior to the adoption about how they wanted a child because so they set out with the intention of adopting a child who had needs and they specified in a lot of comments that they wanted a child who had like low level needs that weren't too difficult to look after. And it it seems like it was a conscious decision that they made. I don't want to say for the content of it, but certainly did it knowing it would bring attention to them. Um. So, yeah, it is like absolutely awful.
2: Not good, not good. So what's so what's become of them? Have people sort of boycotted... Sophie's just trading one kid for another. Poor Soaps. Uh, are people
3: sort of boycotting their page now? So they've lost all their sponsorship deals, obviously. Um, they have deleted all of their channel, all of their videos on their vlog channel, which was their, the Stafford family. But there's still, um, you know, there's still... Well, as of yesterday there were still a channel, there's still loads of videos on her channel. Um, but they haven't, I haven't seen a public comment since, um, since that video. But like, that video has like three point something million views on it now. And well, uh, I mean, it's 4.2 million views on it now.
2: Not surprising. Sure, it made global headlines. It was, it is just...
3: She's uh, lost... Uh, well, the thing is like, she still has 700,000 subscribers. Like um oh, yeah. thing, it's
2: not it's not a puppy even the phrasing rehoming is
3: just wrong in this in this context rehoming we use for pets absolutely appalling so they're sitting there with 4.2 million views in this like she still has all her regular videos up things like um kids tiny bedroom makeover spring clean survive quarantine like a boss what i eat in a day my 6am morning routine gack awful just oh Awful, uh, yeah. awful stuff. Um, was
2: am I wrong in saying that? I think there was. Are they trying to find somebody else to adopt now? There was somebody. One of them said, "Like, oh, no, no." Yeah. So there
3: was. There was um, prior to this. There that was the, the thing. Whether the comments were written um, prior to the first adoption, or whether they were seeking out a second child to adopt who had less needs, but like they can't. Well, just swap them out, was it? Was
2: that the idea? Just swap them oh out. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, that's incredibly sick. And uh, they are super holy Joes. And um there was a lot of rhetoric of just God sent us these messages about, you know, this wasn't the path for us. We prayed on it a lot. It's just handing over responsibility. Oh you know, it's just a bit. Yeah, it grim. The book. Yeah. Exactly. They're just like, oh, that's just so God told you to rehome. Yeah. Him. So then, yeah,
3: they have. A, they still have their, their joint family channel, but there's not a bean of content on it. Um, God,
2: that's just so depressing.
3: But he and still how many has. Kids? Do they have? They have four. Sorry, that's his channel there. Um, they have four kids. now. Beautiful. God.
2: Um. Well, c- fuck those people. Fuck them right in the face.
3: Awful, assholes. awful, 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 awful. Yeah, and
2: hopefully that little guy goes on, and you know, Jesus, he, maybe hopefully she's not lying about the f- new think family the, I, he has.
3: I think that it's you know it's particularly difficult because this child obviously has very high level needs, you know, with his autism, and part of it would be routine consistency you know uh, minimizing emotional unrest and like I read at the moment that he's in foster care which you know oh, naturally lends know. itself to being temporary inflexible um, and like he's yeah I just think it's so fucking right. heartbreaking right. I think that's it's a complete it, yeah. nightmare yeah um,
2: those two are creeps, creeps of the week congratulations, awful
0: and it would take a lot to be creep of the week this week
2: yeah, yeah, I know, this week has been a
0: shit storm. This week has yeah. been such a shit
2: storm. Uh, and... Yeah, that's right. We were talking a bit before we started recording. We posted that link on our, um, which actually is worth checking out if you're kind of humming and hawing and you're thinking like, hey, here, is there anything I can do here as an Irish person to help out or, I mean, you could always give money. That feels like a, a good thing to do. There's a ton of different, just pop it into Google there um, and you'll, you'll get back a load of different organisations. So you just pick one, I guess. If you're in the, if you want to, sure, money's always good, isn't it?
3: Well, it helps. I mean, definitely those the ones that it's something.
2: Yeah, it's one of the things, isn't it? Yeah. So um, it's not going unnoticed by us. We're just, uh, I guess, we're kind of this week we're just going on stories. We'll just try and take you away from the moment, which is historically what we've been trying to do through COVID anyway.
0: Same level of horror elsewhere. (laughs) <laughs> um i have uh, i have a micro do you, will, or do you want to go cryogenic or um what i give you a micro creep about the oldest woman to ever have a baby oh that's well, interesting yeah let's do micro relevant. creep and then finish
3: on finish on, on cryo yeah i'd love cryo. that <laughs> okay
0: hit us up okay what can do we have any guesses
2: Um, Okay, well, I need to know, first of all, are we talking about her egg?
0: Which bit of her? No, is it, yeah, was it naturally? Yeah, like, am I, is there spoofery is what you're trying to ask me? Yeah. Some kind of level of, of kind of like, yes,
2: exactly. That would sort of make it. Yes, it it, it
0: somewhat is, in fact, yes. God damn
2: it. Okay, wait. (laughs) But here's another question. Is, are they, is she related to the, uh, I'm presuming it's an egg donor? No, she is. It is
3: hers. She's related. It's her egg. In her own body. Yeah. Oh, this is. This is. This is. Natural this insemination. Is... Did she get the right?
2: Yeah. Oh, so this is. Okay. What age? Um... 37.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going 55. I think it's okay. something higher. I think it's like. It's going to be something really shocking, like 72. No. Mhm. Come
2: on,
0: spill. Higher. No, it
2: isn't, Sophie. That's not acceptable.
0: 82. Fall no. Off. Okay, Who, did have- I hold my hands up. It's based on a technicality. Why? Right. I mean, she had a baby at 82. I mean, what happened was that she was having uh, pains um, in her pelvis and... Um, And she went to the doctor and uh, was told that the pain was being caused by a 40-year-old stone fetus. Amazing! Like fetus and fetu. It's uh, definitely like in the same realm. So she had been carrying a calcified four-pound tooth um, equivalent. Baby like rock prepared. hard. Well, four-pound fetus, kind of, which is called a lithopedion. Okay, so and she'd been carrying it for decades without realizing. And, and had she it's four pounds? Picture that now. That's for starters. Four pounds is like nearly the size this baby was when he was born. Yeah, lots of babies are born weighing less. Yeah. as we know, I'd say your forearm, four pounds, of including, including your
2: hand, would be four pounds, maybe weight-wise. Yeah.
0: Just picture even just holding. I know I bring everything back to butter but four pounds of butter inside you just day in day out for decades And did she have a lump so no well not one that was like noticeable for her to action it was the pain that caused her to action it so basically the doctors discovered it's a rare medical phenomenon and after ordering an x-ray and so they're called they're known as uh, lithium lithopedians and she had to undergo surgery to have it removed and um that's a fucking surprise sonny just has loads of thoughts about this i mean i feel like um, did she have did she have other children i feel like if it was fucking ireland they'd like be like okay we'll induce labor (laughs) (laughs) i know they would Uh, they they would so they would some horrendous yeah, they have come up with some fucking horrendous way through now, the issue. Now, on the off chance that this ball of tooth and oh, hair oh, has thing, a heartbeat, we're, yeah, going we're going to induce... we have to insist that we completely traumatise you. Do you know, it's so rare, it's only been recorded approximately 300 times in medical literature. Wow. Ever. Um, according to a uh, doctor called Kim Garcy. Um, and so... It happens when a pregnancy is formed, and you remember your story about this, Jen. If if it forms in the abdomen rather than in the uterus, yeah. So remember that you had that story about that um, woman who swallowed semen. Oh, that's right.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a fucking mad story, and she it it did
0: happen. Yeah, is so this one it forms in the abdomen and it fails as a pregnancy because the fetus doesn't have. Uh, the blood supply and uh, there's nowhere like for it to to go and then um, as a result the body turns it to quote unquote stone yes using the same immune process that protects the body from any foreign object detected in a person's system sure so, it's like it forms a
2: shell around it so it can't poison the rest of you
0: yes it's very yes. successfully so you wouldn't
2: like generally speaking let's say if your baby. I remember looking into this because remember my babies are always way over they were like two weeks overdue I remember mm. researching like what's the worst case scenario and if you do if your body never naturally goes into labor and no one ever helps you get it out you just die of sepsis because the body the baby will die and then the body will start to kind of rot and then that will poison you and you'll both just die but this was obviously okay so the it wasn't in the correct zone the body was like all right this isn't this is a stranger in this land and it, mm. if we leave it here to fester it's going to kill us mm. and so mm. we'll just build this stone house around it like an igloo
0: yeah <laughs> it's so it's like she says that like it happens Nature's in all beautiful. kinds of distance different scenarios in yeah. the body like, you know um if you get cartilage in the knee old cartilage will calcify um it sort of reminds me of like yeah, it's like well, basically you're right. The body's really good at detecting kind of an interloper of sorts. Yeah. And uh and they're also totally um asymptomatic uh these kind of calcified things. I guess that hers was just it happened to be very large. And so I um, wonder what triggered this pain. Then And also oh, what triggered the pain? I know. I mean, I would say like cuz it's at least kind of four decades that she had it.
2: Yeah. Like, why now? Why now? I, I guess mean, maybe been, she was you know, old she's getting immune system. Yeah.
0: yeah. Or, yeah. like, her hips. You know, it's just a possibly, like, yeah, maybe there was kind of a natural degradation from age and then, like, it presented a problem. But also, don't you think, like, women are just so kind of like, oh, I've got a terrible pain in my pelvis. Oh, I'll just I'll just struggle on. Absolutely. And then you're like, or oh, it could be this four... Pound stone entity that is in your tummy. One hundred percent. Yeah, and apparently, so the rate of an abdominal abdominal pregnancy is about one in ten thousand. Not Um, nothing. No, not nothing, and it's obviously different to an ectopic. But um,
2: yeah, so mad. That's mad. So she had other children before that, I'm sure, or did she?
0: I don't know. Actually, that must be weird.
2: But uh, have we done fetus in fetus? Because it's definitely worth or we doing. We just
0: talked about it endlessly. I've but definitely read when stories um, of this in Chat Magazine. Yeah, you, you, it's basically it happens huh? really early in the forming of the, like right really right before the um, insemination. Sorry, right after the insemination. And what it is is that like very initially, the cells that are going to become a fetus um, are flat and they they fold and fold and fold and fold and that's kind of part of the initial process i am like basically i've got i'm having kind of like hand-to-hand combat with sonny while i'm doing this sorry guys can you see him yeah he's really having a time but anyway so when what happens with fetus and fetu is that at that exact moment you've got the two potential fetuses and um, flat and one is possibly smaller than the other and becomes, it kind of like attaches in the center and then the, lar- into the larger one folds over it. That's right. So it wasn't like, it wasn't a kind of a malicious twin devouring the other twin. It's an, it's an like sharks.
3: rolling over.
0: Yeah.
2: Sharks bastard. Sharks. Amazing though, isn't it? They're vicious cunts even in the womb. So my story this week, Buzzline head... F- headline, Buzzfeed headline, is just the book that this gentleman wrote, the title of his book. It's perfect. Okay, Freezing People Ain't Easy. Ah, uh. Well, this, the guy who wrote it, I'm a big fan. Robert Nelson is his name. And uh, very, well, let me just tell you a little bit about him. So it's the book is called Freezing People Ain't Easy. My Adventures in Cryonics. Uh, and the, the front of the book is just... It it looks nothing like a medical book. So I think if you're holding your hand, you might be prepared for a lolling... A, ro- a kind of romping good time as opposed to actually learn anything, learning anything. So anyway, you want to hear about Bob? Absolutely. So Bob Nelson, um, the year was 1962. He was a TV repaired man. He was fascinated by cryonics Uh, so the theory that people can be frozen directly after their death only to be brought back to life at a later point uh when scientists physicians have a cure you know or can start reversing aging you know the old that old chestnut but Um, i wonder
3: if so like the theory is good that like if i were to get cancer freeze me and then wake me up when there's like a really like quick easy cure for it
2: mm. or just transfer your head onto someone else's body the I thing think that gets me is the, like,
3: the freezing after
2: well after it's complicated then. that's why that's why it, it isn't kind of a you know it's still not really a done thing that we know of so this article i kind of gathered was brilliant it's an interview with bob by jackie adams from the la Mac. so just to give her the credits due there so, uh, so back in 1962, um, Bob was kind of hanging out with other cryonics enthusiasts, and amongst them, he was voted then president of the newly formed Cryonics Society of California. Ah, I mean it was overwhelming for him. Being a television repairman, he felt he was underqualified, but he, he uh, like there was nobody looking at cryonics really. So he was like, "Well, if it ain't me, who who is it going to be?" So he became the spokesperson for this kind of movement, um, and he, but without this he didn't have any scientific background. In fact, he never even graduated high school, but uh, that did not stop him from freezing Dr. Robert Bedford in nineteen sixty-seven. So, as you can, as you can imagine, that there. I mean, it was it was a big kind of tall order. Uh, this was Dr. Robert Bedford had requested it. Um And had s- s- kind of sought out somebody to do it. And of course he was like, here's the cryonics society of California. The very people I should, you know, go to. And, and
0: like, did he just lash them in a chest freezer?
2: No, no. I mean, in fairness to Bob, like they did an awful lot of research. Or did
0: he like wrap it in tinfoil? Wrap the chest freezer no, in tinfoil yes, so they th- look like a professional operation? Do you well,
3: kind We have to do the thing where you inject it into the veins because... Otherwise, yeah. the blood will expand and your veins will pop in your body.
2: Yeah, like the guys in the society knew a bit. But again, um, sure, it was pre-internet. So the research was obviously limited. I mean, there's only so much fucking information out there that you can get from your written encyclopedia. I mean, it was, it was not... Anyway, so uh, it, it wasn't the perfect Anyway, the early suspensions were not perfect. So like you say, so they involved dry ice and a styrofoam lined box. And the first bodies that they were trialing were donated so suddenly that Nelson had to store them in a friend's garage while he looked for permanent storage. So do you remember how we were saying before? The trick is with cryonics that you need to be frozen immediately after death, like as soon as humanly possible. Um, Otherwise... It's not going to work. The gig is up. You're never coming back. So uh, his enthusiasm had in fact blinded him to the reality of the responsibility of actually then maintaining these frozen dead people. So he found himself totally struggling to keep his frozen heroes, as he called them uh suspended with little help and he had no dough so they were just like knocking around in freezers plugged into people's kind of you know stealing electricity here there and everywhere it just it wasn't kind of a a sophisticated setup so years later uh, he was desperate he was out of funding and he obviously there was these bodies and he just locked the the vault and Hit, and he left so sadly then the families only learned that their loved ones were rotting away when the media got a hold of the story the, res- the re- relatives then filed a lawsuit against Bob and they ended up winning a judgement of around a million quid so Bob then just changed his name dropped out of sight uh, for about 10 years until he re-emerged to tell his side of the story freezing people's not easy the book so these, this is his memoir. So this came out on March 18th of 2014. And there's, look, there's very sad stories of there's a, there is a parent with their child who was dying of cancer. And um, there was another, his, a man with his dying wife. And uh, so there were desperate people coming to Bob. And it was a big yeah. responsibility. So you kind of understood on one level why he was like, I mean, I'm going to try and help you. Um, but there's no guarantees. But sure, these weren't people with a buttload of money anyway. And half the time, he was like, I can, I can like these these grieving poor grieving people, I'm gonna hit them up for a hundred grand or something to keep. So anyway, he did He did eventually. Um, uh find a wealthy benefactor to fund the enterprise, and uh, he might have been. He had, there was a when he, he could have been heralded as a visionary, but instead, the media ripped it out of him and he was shunned by all the other cryonicists so he was one of the first to actually do this but I guess as kind of this cryonics kind of became sort of trending you know I can't think of the movie Sophie Cassie do you remember that thank you so um so it sort of had a, had a kind of trending zeitgeisty moment, and but Bob was this big fucking joke, uh, which was annoying and shitty just because he wasn't a scientist. But mm. I guess he shouldn't have been meddling, really. No. So uh, then it's fair, it's fair. So Jackie, this uh, so from the LA Times, did it, LA Mag uh, did a, it did an interview with Bob, and it's good. So I'm just going to read you part of it. So she says, "How did you first get involved in cryonics?" And Bob says, in 66, I read an amazing book called The Prospect of Immortality by uh, Dr. Robert Ettinger, and it blew me away. I knew that if it were ever going to go, we were ever going to go to other planets, we were going to need to learn how to put people to sleep for years, wake them and wake them up. And that's what this book dealt with. So Bob says, sorry. So yeah, I'm just gonna, so that's what, forget about that book now. That's just... Forget about that, Rob. Back to our Bob. So when I came away, Bob says, from reading the book, I still had questions. Is it possible to take a living human being, put them to sleep, slow down the metabolism to near zero, and then wake them up in 10 or 20 years? So at that point in time, Bob says, he knew, nothing, he knew of nothing that could do that. But if you ask me today, that's the most natural order of life in the universe. Uh, back east in the winter, all flies and mosquitoes and ladybugs and fireflies goes in go into supercool, which we know is kind of a hibernation stage, mm-hmm. and it's suspended animation. So, he says Bob's he Bob says his favorite is probably the Siberian salamander. This guy is amazing. Uh, I say Bob says they, sorry. I'll stop talking in, when I'm I'm reading from this, they get frozen in Siberia in these solid blocks of ice for up to ten years. And as soon as that block of ice melts, they resume looking for a loved one or something to eat, you know, or whatever. They're back. Exactly. The problem is, and he's given us a, he's given a kind of a, a sort of a creature here that is a cold-blooded creature, and that makes sense for mm. those animals. Um, uh, we as we are type we are warm-blooded creatures, so we rely on our own bodies to keep a regulator temperature, whereas the cold. It, it, you know I guess it's easier if you're cold-blooded to get frozen and come back to life not so easy for us so the, this, what the qu- next question is are there any studies being done on what allows these animals to be frozen and come back to life so our Bob says probably the closest realistic answer I can give you is the case of Armando Ramirez back in 1969 he was a young man 17 who wanted to escape from Cuba as a kid, he would go down to the airport, watch the planes leave, and he got this idea to hide out in an airport and jump into the wheel of a dc8 a plane to get out of Cuba mm-hmm. he didn't care where he went; he just wanted out, so he didn't know that they fly at sixty thousand feet where outside the outside temperature is minus forty degrees, and there's not enough oxygen or pressure to sustain life. He was there for eight hours he fell out of the plane in Madrid. He was pronounced dead, right? But then on the way to the morgue, they started hearing groaning noises in the back. So they took him to the hospital and they fucking revived him. And that was apparently the first documented case of artificially or accidentally induced human hibernation. Now, the next one is a young lady from Norway who was skiing in the mountains, uh, went over a river, fell in, her head was in the water for three hours uh the cold that was killing her was also saving her right she she's currently alive and well. she works at the same hospital that saved her life but this is the this is an amazing story so Bob tells a tidbit here, and I went away to find kind of a longer story but this was um two years previous so I think it was twenty- twelve a young man we're in Japan let me get up his name here um he's japanese going i'm just gonna make a mess of this okay mitsu mitsutaka yuchi Kiz, kizoshi right perfect.
3: yeah absolutely yeah perfect
2: he was a hiker and uh he uh on, get back in, get back in my story. so um this guy he was he was a hiker but he was a, he had, had a little bit too much to drink and he went outside in a in the snowstorm and he was trying to sober up a bit, but sure didn't he slide down the side of a mountain and break his pelvis in at the bottom. So he lay. Oh, this is fuck. This is truly amazing. Uh, he lay right here. He is quoted as one on the second day. So on the second day, the sun was out. I was in a field and I felt very comfortable. And that is my last memory. Um, I must have fallen asleep after that. Listen to this. 24 days later his body was found so his body temperature had fallen to just 22 degrees centigrade if you remember the human resting body temperature your human body maintains a temperature of what 37, 37, 37 point something something like that so this is far below he had a barely discernible pulse and was suffering from multiple organ failure and blood loss so the doctors who treated him Believed he had lost conscious after, consciousness after the fall, and that his, bo- his body's natural survival instincts kicked in, sending him into a state akin to hibernation. As the temperature on the mountain dropped as low as 10 degrees centigrade, he fell into a state similar to hibernation, and many of his organs slowed right down. But um, so his body protect, in order for his body to protect his brain, and um, which it did. So his brain capacity has recovered a hundred percent. So. Uh, and he did not expect so he made a full recovery Doctors said they did not expect him to experience any lasting ill effects
0: oh my god he was right.
2: 24 days in this type of a hibernation stage so um fucking amazing so bob says that just deals with the if- issue of is it possible we don't to this day know how to reduce the metabolism of a human being and then resuscitate them but we're close Says this other doctor uh, from Cancer Institute in Washington, so he this particular doctor, Dr. Roth, has found a chemical hydrogen sulfate, which he can use to take non hibernating animals like a rat and put it to sleep for hours. now the, it, the Defense Department has spent millions of dollars to, per- to perfect this so that if a soldier gets shot on a battlefield where he normally has about an hour to live, he can instead be put into this type of suspended a- hibernation or animation. And that can extend that one hour to maybe 24, potentially. And that could oh. save... So the, there is impetus from a governmental so standpoint. So
0: like, would it kind of be stemming the flow of blood? Absolutely right. Slowing so the blood loss?
2: Totally. And just and uh, I'm not sure how or why this kind of protected... Or what is happening when they say it protects the brain, but certainly slowing the heartbeat down to almost trace... um. But anyway, so where what's a good one? So this so there's a couple of more questions. And uh, she asked, why after all this time did you feel the need to write this book? Bob says, We froze the first man, the first woman, the first child. Unfortunately, none of them had any money. I took it upon myself to try and figure out a way to save them, which was dumb, stupid, and wrong. Today, unless you pay the full amount, right to the penny, for instance, this company, he gives an example, A L C O or uh, it's 150,000 nobody's going to suspend you it just seems silly to me now why would strangers be interested in paying to keep somebody frozen so yeah. he's looking back thinking like maybe that was wrong so Bob says true believers like the Wright brothers everyone laughed at them today we have 10 different principles by which a man can fly we probably yeah. have 10 different principles for how we can put a human being to sleep for centuries uh for me my instructions are don't wake me up when it first becomes plausible possible. I want to make sure that you can re- rejuvenate me make me younger maybe even a little
0: better looking oh. so the interviewer asked I thought you, he was going to say don't wake me up before you go go
2: <laughs> he seems like <laughs> He would, he would have got that joke, I'm sure. I mean, he's still alive. You could reach out on Twitter and ask him. Uh, <laughs> Do you have a contract, she says, where you specify when you want to be woken up? Oh, Sorry, she's talking about him. Mm-hmm. And obviously he said he wants to be cryogenically frozen. So he says, yes, those are my instructions. The worst that's going to happen is it won't work. Uh, but it is going to work. But it is going to work, he says. Dr. Bedford, the first man who was frozen, was a psychological professor at Glendale College. I only spoke with him once, but his words will never leave me. He said, Mr. Nelson, I want you to understand that I don't do this thinking that I'm ever going to be resuscitated. I do it in the hopes that my children or my grandchildren will one day benefit from this wonderful science. So... Mm. I don't believe in immortality," says Bob. Everyone's going to die at the uh, sooner or later, even the planet, the sun, but I want to be around for as long as possible. So the interviewer goes on to talk about, "Did you guys ever hear about that that kind of rumor about Walt Disney?" Yeah. So yeah. the the rumor about Walt Disney, I remember hearing too, was that it his head had been frozen. And you remember the car, you know, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride?
0: Oh, yeah. He was
2: supposed to have kind of had some sort of frozen vault beneath beneath there. I remember <laughs> that. I don't know how that kicked off. It is. I never
0: heard that part. No, I didn't. Yeah. It amazing.
2: But you heard that the whole vault is, well, you know, that he had apparently yeah. been frozen, or cryogenically frozen. So... The interviewer asks, in your book, you de- you debunk the rumor that Walt Disney had his head frozen, but you do tell the story of how someone at Disney called asking for information about cryonics, but you weren't able to help. Could he have been frozen by somebody else? Bob says, there was no other facility at the time. The only other group was the Cryonics Society of New York, and they had nothing. No mortician, no doctor, no nothing. So the thing about you remember when we were talking about like the speed at which you have to be fucking frozen to have any chance of... I mean, you're talking about... Like, if if you were to have a cryonic centre, it would nearly de- need to be in the sort of mortuary of the hospital itself. Um, so it would be very difficult to kind of do this secretly, I guess, is what he's saying. And I guess it was only other society of cryonics at the time, New York. I'm sure they were in contact uh so basically this book came out in 2014 the movie rights sold and you'll never guess who was cast or who was tipped to be cast to play bob only no oh, fuck, oh. i've gone away from the your man who played ant-man ant-man yeah what's his name oh jeff goldblum no fucking do you mean the fly
0: oh now? oh mm. god
2: hang on hang on ant-man
0: Why so anticlimactic? You'll never guess. No, we won't. No, we didn't. Uh, I
2: know. Anyway, uh, anyway. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Thank you. I just thought that was perfect casting for this particular for this particular guy. Anyway, so that movie's been. We might see it. It was kind of. It's. It was supposed to have started in twenty. Well, hey. But I then actually. Down the road, do you remember? Was it Jean Hillard? You you talked to us about so in the in one of the
0: yeah that name. Yeah, she's the one who um, was frozen on the front lawn overnight. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. there's kind of
2: a handful of people, and she's one of them. And so is that. Uh, so is that Japanese the guy? Um, yeah. There's another one here, 29 year old Swedish radiologist Anna Bagenholm. Went for a day of skiing with her friends. She never expected that it would nearly claim her life on the trip in 1999. She slipped down a hill, fell headfirst. This is the headfirst into the frozen lake. Sorry, I told you a bit about that earlier. So her friends tried to pull her out by the skis, but they couldn't get her back to land. So for nearly 40 minutes, she was conscious. Uh, She found a small pocket of air under the ice that allowed her to Ah. breathe. But then her body gave way to hypothermia. So when she was finally pulled from the lake, she was nearly frozen solid Um, her core temperature well below what it should have been on the electrocardiogram which the doctor hooked her up to in the helicopter they said she was completely flatlined like you could have drawn it with a ruler no sign of life whatsoever so um, at the hospital doctors hoped her body had frozen slowly enough to allow her brain to survive that is key Uh, the lack of oxygen to survive the lack of oxygen they pumped her blood through a warming device isn't that interesting to, in order to return her body back to temperature, but in kind of a slow internal fashion. So that that they were hit. the doctors were stunned when her heart kicked off and it took nearly 12 months to overcome nerve damage, but she made a complete recovery. I amazing. mean, fucking amazing or what? The human body. And like,
0: that's really like your one, Jean Hilliard, which I think was possibly a creep live, so... Only patrons would have um, heard that one. Yeah, that was like, a great it one. was. Yeah, Where she was frozen so solid, like that they couldn't get her into the car when they were trying to bring her to a hospital. Like they thought, like we're dealing with a dead body here, completely. Like nobody could be this solid. And one of the surgeons was describing uh, trying to treat her, and it just being like a big fucking leg of that's that just come out of a freezer. Absolutely. Like they talked about
2: here, drawing crazy. blood. <laughs> But didn't they talk in your story about not getting the syringe in? The skin was completely, flesh was totally
0: solid. Yeah, Yeah. but they kept snapping the ends of needles off her while right. trying to inject her. I have her story up here. So (laughs)
2: the medical staff thawed your one, Jean Hillard, with an electrical warming blanket, and that's how they were able to warm her skin enough to sort of, uh, you know, administer some helping drugs. But fucking amazing. And That's maybe wild. kind of an, an everlasting
3: future in store for us all. you never to be known.
0: You don't be known. I do you want to be
3: frozen, though? I think, like, when I'm out, I'm out. Like,
0: <laughs> <I know. laughs> no, no. It no, sounds I'm, exhausting, yeah. but, like, ask me sometime that we're not in, like, pandemic. I definitely I wouldn't want changed. to come back into, like, a weird future where, like... You're not coming back
2: Because if you were, Let's say you... You've loads of dough. You were like, I want to be frozen, but like Bob, only wake me up if these things exist. So, I mean, you could choose.
0: Yeah, like if, for example, it's a world where Pop-Tarts are no longer a thing. Sure, or or childcare is back in action. Yeah, (laughs) and speaking of childcare, I'm doing some childcare just here on the side. I know, small hands um, and the
2: screen.
0: I know, it's just so hard to get this out. Can I just open it to get it out? Um, can you can hear my you screaming. You pop it out. A screamers um, in the back. It, I don't know why this is making me think of um the good boy. Oh, will you take this now? Give me a little kiss and I'll see you in a minute. Can't ah. ah. keep darling. Such a dose. I um got trapped in the toilet once. <laughs> this is connected. Um because do you ever get such cold hands that all your dexterity goes. Yeah. So I was um, like, we were. It was back when I was in France, and it was like I was snowboarding or skiing or whatever, and it was a really cold day. And I'd stopped for a break, and like went for a wee. Went in, locked the door of the cubicle, uh, did my wee. Could not manipulate the lock with my hands Mouse. to get it back to get it back open. I was trying everything. I don't know what it was about it that I couldn't get my mouth to do it. Elbows. Nothing. I had to ask for help. <laughs> for help. From somebody in the next cubicle. Mm-hmm. It was. I mean, I literally was like, if I hadn't just pissed, I could piss on my hands right now. And that would
2: But the it's true. But well- I had
0: just pissed.
2: But it's like when you're just an Irish person, you have no idea what super cold even feels like. Remember that, that, that scene from, it was a Dumb and Dumber, where he gets his tongue, he, he's, he licks Aww, the frozen pulp.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: I remember thinking like, that's got to be bullshit. And then later in my life, I was somewhere that cold. And I was like, oh, yeah. no, no, that's a
0: real fucking thing. You're like the cold of the inside of your nostrils freezing. Have you ever felt that? Not quite weird or That's apparently really your weird.
2: hair so does your hair get yeah. soaked and you could break it is that true oh yeah
0: yeah 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 i'd have sometimes on really cold days if bits of my hair is sticking out underneath all my stuff and if it was even like a tiny bit damp or something it would just be like frozen straight out pretty much yeah so listen Fun there you times. go I got, you? Out of, I got out of the toilet thank god see. for that Did you see before you I think that's amazing. I would definitely be up for freezing myself just for the old rest. Yeah. You know, ultimately a bit of a lie down. Just a lie Um, down. And I suppose furthering the whole kind of knowledge. Like that's it. You're going to give your body to science anyway. Like I would be cool if they were going to do something kind of fun with it. Or you give it away and there's a potential that you could back come back or party. You could come back.
2: But it does yeah, feel like we should be able science
0: rent on your body, so that yeah. when you come back, you're We're like, real I'm loaded."
2: It does feel like why do we have to freeze the entire body? Like when you think about Walt Disney, that's just you. We should, in theory, just be freezing the brain. No, is that not just us? <sighs> well,
3: yeah. I mean, I would agree with you on that. I think take your, you know. Yeah, take the brain and pop it into one of those little robot brains. What film is what was that used to be in? Is it Ghostbusters where there was a brain in a in a uh, so- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that's it, that's what I want His to His name be. was but oh, like a sexy fuck. one.
2: Crone something like that. Crane Crane, it must have been
0: Crane, Cranium do you, do you remember the, f- never mind <laughs> uh, yeah I'd like to have the kind of like you know like the body of a little scuttling kind of octopus or something yeah, yeah. and then yeah and then something with more limbs would probably be more practical fast like a spider um, yeah yeah something a little bit unnerving for people to come across beautiful just like the general at the end of arachnophobia but just my head then still like that. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> wonderful thank you for those creeps fabulous
0: thank it's been lovely creeping with you
2: today as uh, always uh so what any any thank you as always to our patients. since we've just been oh yeah loving our zoom thursdays have they're getting me through lockdown um it's been so nice to see everyone and it's the same a couple hundred people usually there in the boxes and that's so class
3: it's so nice it feels like 200 of our closest friends that didn't exist before this Sort
0: of is though, isn't it? <laughs> it when we're, yeah. It's going to be weird when we're all together in a it's room. It's going to be fucking amazing, isn't it? So we really know each other. Now. Yeah, our
2: next show is going to be absolutely brilliant. We didn't even like we didn't even say anything. It'll just be us all fucking chatting, chatting together. Away. Just, just in to you know. the chat
0: box live.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be brilliant so anyway I mean, if, you, if you're one of those patrons we'll see you in a in a couple of days and, uh, and thank you so much thank you so much and um, we're always there should you feel like coming over to the patron side you know where to find us and uh, and, uh yeah that's us for this week
1: probably but
2: <laughs> i haven't checked the dms happy It'll birthday be jen's birthday soon oh yeah 26th of june In case anyone's happy wants it's a big one send me anything it's <gasps> a big one
0: Oh my god, I forgot to say thank you to everyone who has sent me MMs. I can't I mean, believe you got MMs. Oh, yeah, to I've everyone who sent so you many. guys
3: MMs. I'll take Starbars. Oh, okay, Starbars. I'll mail you a
0: Star Bar, I'd love an so iPad. We'll. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like an iPad. Oh. Sure well. listen. Let's creep again soon. See
2: you next week. Goodbye. Bye.
0: Bye.